Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Here we go with the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day, and I am very nervous right now. LSU National Championship. I'm a proud alumnus. The school shut down today and tomorrow because, honestly, no one was going to school and no one was going to work. It's all about LSU in Louisiana. They're going to be kicking off against the Clemson Tigers. Got a montage that I'll actually play for you. Even-handed montage showing love for both programs, both coaches in just a second. But right now, got some headlines for you. Tonight, as I said, Tigers versus Tigers in the College Football National Championship. Clemson and LSU kick things off from New Orleans at 8. Former Dolphins coach Jimmy Johnson has been elected to the NFL Hall of Fame. And Shryman is in August and September. The Heat will sign Chris Silva to a standard contract. They play the Spurs at home Wednesday. The Panthers routed the Maple Leafs yesterday 8-4. They play the LA Kings Thursday at the BB&T. The Marlins have come to terms with infielders Jonathan Villar and Jesus Aguilar, plus pitchers Jose Urania and Adam Conley. The NFC Championship game will see Green Bay taking on San Francisco, while the AFC side of things sees Tennessee versus Kansas City. Inter-Miami CF reportedly has agreed to a deal with Celtic winger Lewis Morgan. Inter opens the season March 1st at LAFC. And now, oh yeah, we take a step into the day spa. <sighs> a large group of vultures have taken over a radio tower on the Texas-Mexico border and are defecating, disrupting radio communications, and causing general mayhem. Vultures are lawyers. Same difference. Commuters in 20 cities around the world participated in yesterday's annual no-pants subway ride. They simply dropped trowel and started riding mass transit. This needs to happen in Miami. Oh wait, basically does every day in South Beach. A Japanese billionaire is looking for a life partner. What's the catch? You must want world peace, be willing to have your courtship aired as a reality TV show, oh yeah, and fly to the moon with the billionaire suitor. Simple enough. A 100-year-old Galapagos turtle is retiring from having sex. The San Diego area turtle is credited with saving his species after fathering 800 spawns and helping remove his line of turtles off the endangered species list. Do you believe in reincarnation? I bet you do now. Now on to weather brought to you by Hialeah Park. Tonight's forecast cloudy with temperatures in the mid-70s. Win your share of $10,000 every Saturday at Hialeah Park Casino. Receive free entries every Saturday, plus earn more entries with slot play. So the more you play, the better your chances to win. Visit HyliaPark.com for details. Oh yeah, National Championship Night from the Big Easy. Here is my even-handed, very media-savvy package that I put together to kind of hype you up, whether you're a Tigers fan or not. And it's just great to be a Clemson Tiger. A Clemson Tiger. This is a National Championship team. But I told the team tonight, we draw the line. We had enough. Here we come. I mean, I, I mean, it just—it's just the same old spin. I mean, who's beat Alabama in the SEC? Who's beat them? Another, another great young man from Destrehan, Louisiana. Hold on a second. Hey guys, hey, I'm having a press conference, okay? Thank you. Uh, great young man. So proud to have him. Uh, great parents, and uh, we wanted to get bigger. I'll stop. 
They've earned everything they got. And when I have to turn on the TV and people bring up that word and they try to casually throw the word out there like you do, but it's still the word. It shouldn't even be in the conversation. That's how they feel about it. That's how I feel about it. We're coming. We're coming. And we ain't backing down. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big, I feel like Pac. I shoot the shot. I'm coming in hot. Two teams. And Thumbs gonna make it 29 in a row. And head off to the city of New Orleans to take on LSU for a championship. Two pass. The Clemson Tigers, champions of the ACC. SEC champions, the Tigers of LSU here in 2019. Two coaches. Go Tigers. Only one can truly call themselves the Tigers from Death Valley. Clemson. Here in Death Valley, Clemson, South Carolina. LSU. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday night in Death Valley. And here come your Fighting Tigers of LSU. Tonight in New Orleans, the College Football Championship. Woo, that's got me excited. If you want to hear it again, of course, you can always download it as a podcast along with this whole entire show by simply going to WQAM.com. Not to mention, you can also go wherever you get your podcasts are absolutely free, our radio.com app. In the mornings, though, Joe Rose, they get you moving. They get you grooving. Ooh, they were talking to Michael Lombardi earlier today about a New York Minute, those tantalizing Titans, and Super Bowl predictions. Before we get into all the games, and by the way, I, th- I think you'd agree Saturday and Sunday was a lot of fun. A lot of different personalities with all these different teams and the different ways to win and, and everything else. But I, I got to ask you, are you as surprised as I am that Patrick Graham went to the Giants with Joe Judge, and on top of that, Chad O'Shea's out as well. I never thought the two guys he came brought from New England would both be out after year one. It surprised you at all? You know, I think certainly, Joe, it does. I think what you see is 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 Brian Flores becoming truly a head coach. I think he obviously, you know, Pat Graham had an opportunity to go to the Giants to work with Joe Judge, and I think he felt like the offense was, and I think sometimes – when you get into that big chair, you have friends that's, that work for you, and perhaps they're not doing what you want, or their friendships are different. So to each his own, and I think it shows another part of the maturity level of, of Flores as a head coach. I think, you know, he's entitled to it. And let me say this to you. Most first coaching staffs on most teams always struggle to find compatibility, to find their niches, to find what they actually need to do. It's a little bit like a rock and roll band when you put together a coaching staff. you got to have everybody play different instruments but they all got to play in the same key and tune and I think sometimes it takes a little bit more than just especially as late as he as he got the job in Miami last year Josh McDaniels uh before we get to the games again uh not getting a head coaching uh, job right now or or at least at the present time not and staying in New England is that shocking to you well it, it doesn't shock me because I think there was really only one job to get for Josh McDaniels and that was the Carolina job and once David Tepper 
saw Matt Rule, didn't interview anybody else after Matt Rule. There was really no other job. He wasn't going to go work for the Giants in their current system. I mean, I think Josh, been a head coach at age 33, now now at 43, understands that unless he's in the right situation with the right environment, with the right owner, really, it doesn't really matter. You know, in scouting, we always eliminate players before we find players. People always think that because of the great uh, Tom Corcoran story at the Fork of the Road, if he goes left, he goes somewhere in East Oklahoma, he goes right, he goes to Corcoran, uh, Oklahoma, and finds Mickey Mantle. You know, that, that finding talent is just so overrated. It's eliminating talent. And I think for becoming a head coach, when you've been rather successful like Josh has offensively, you eliminate jobs you know don't fit you. And clearly, clearly, the Giants and the Browns, even more so the Browns, which I, we could go on an hour on the on that. I'll talk about it on my podcast today, the GM Shuffle, about how really they're they're running their team in a unique, unique way. And I'm being polite. Oh, okay. I'm being polite. I'm, I'm being polite. <laughs> I just wanted to ask you about just to follow up. The, I think Tom Brady's going to be back with New England. Is that your thoughts, or I know everybody's got to get this thing worked out? What, what are your thoughts on Tom Brady and what happens next? I don't, you know, I really don't know. I think there's so many variables in this equation, right? There's the, the contract, there's the team, there's the sense of where is the team going, where he fits, what what lies ahead. I think Josh coming back certainly can lead you down that road because, you know, Brady has a, a sense of comfortability and trust that are critical to him. And I think that he, I think he, you know, will need that if he decides to go anywhere else. I would have said, you know, if Chad O'Shea and, you know, they, stayed intact in Miami. Miami could be a place since they have so much cap room. But I think now as I look over the landscape, I think it'll be somebody outside the norm and it could be back to New England. I just don't know the answer and I'm not being evasive. I just don't know. The Tennessee run, by the way, and I literally mean that going through New England and Tom Brady, now Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, now Pat Mahomes and Kansas City with a chance to get to the Super Bowl. This is one hell of a run by a six seed in the AFC. You know, it is. And I think really, you know, we we get mesmerized by the, the Tennessee Titans and almost I'm sure Larry Zonka sitting in his chair wondering like that was me that was me in 72 man you know I was running I was Bob was only throwing 12 passes a game too you know and so uh, I think we lose sight of really how they're winning and I think they're winning because of his ability to run the football but they're really winning because of their ability to stop teams on third and short stop teams on fourth and short and play great red zone defense so they they lose they win the game in New England New England's got the ball first to go with the one they get three points there's four points that ultimately determine the game right that determines the game there. Yesterday, a Saturday, they're playing Baltimore. Baltimore's playing poorly. They're playing out of character. 22 passes in the first quarter for Lamar Jackson is way too many passes. So, but they're but it's 14 to six. They got fourth and inches. Now this is a team that has never missed on fourth down right. all season long. They were 10 for 10. Fourth and inches. They go for it and they don't get it. That if that right there turned the game completely around because three plays later, Matt Judon walks into the hole. He sees Derrick Henry. He attempts to tackle him. And the next thing you know, the ball's first and goal at the four. So that game changed dramatically when you look at it. And I think really, you know, both times they didn't get it on fourth down. The Titans responded with the 46-yard touchdown pass because the free safety didn't take the middle of the field. And then Judon misses the tackle, and they get it down to the four. And every time Tennessee got in the red zone against the Baltimore Ravens, it wasn't field goals. It was touchdowns. That's why they win. All right, so I just noticed while you're talking about Tennessee, you never mentioned Ryan Tannehill. How, how would you – how do you even 
discuss Ryan Tannehill and what he's been able to do? What would you call him as a quarterback at this point? I would say he's been really effective on limited on limited times. But when he's had to make play, when he's had to make a play, the Earl Thomas blitzes on second down, sacks, you know, the, the, the right tackle didn't pick up the, the free safety, and Tannehill thinks he's protected, and he gets sacked. Now it's, thir- it's third and goal from the 16th. He makes an incredible, I don't yeah. mean a good throw, I mean an incredible throw to Smith, and he makes an incredible catch. I mean, that, that should have been an incomplete pass. Okay, you know, let's go to the New England game. He makes two great throws. He makes the throw in the end zone for the touchdown. And then on third down, he finds Deion Lewis for the first down. And then on third and 10, he finds the tight end from an Ivy League school over there for a first down, and they win the game because of it. So whenever they've asked him to make a play, you know, the deep throw, the 46-yard touchdown right. pass, perfect throw. He's been, he's been unbelievable. He's like the pinch hitter, but he always gets a hit. And I think that's the only way to look at it. It's the luck of the Miami Dolphins franchise, though, that Ryan Tannehill could be making this run and playing a Super well, Bowl I mean, in their you know, own look, field, look, right? I think the hardest thing to do in sports is to understand what the players are capable of doing and how to coach the players inside out. I started this whole dialogue with conversation about understanding about eliminating, right? So you've got to be able to understand what players can and can't do. And I've said this numerous times. Quarterbacks are, the, are like baseball stadiums. When you're the GM of a baseball team, you build your team around around the stadium if you've got a right field wall that's like boston you know you want right-handed hitters if you've got a left field you got a right field porch that's short you want left-handed hitters however it goes right and i think that that's really what loses sight in the nfl because parcel said this years ago years ago he said this there's really only about five percent of the quarterbacks in the nfl are truly elite I mean elite. The other ones are managed. And how you manage those other ones is determine how you win or lose. He's got it rolling, and they are really physical. Um, they might be the most physical team left, even more than 49ers. Would you agree with that, that's left in these playoffs up front? Yeah, I think that, you know, and I mean, they're not, they're not getting enough love. They gave up over 500 yards to Baltimore. They're not getting enough love for their ability to play the game on defense. I mean, even though they get, you know, I mean, they've made plays, their defensive line has played physical, you know, and and they're and they have a competitive fire to them and they really truly believe they win and I think they've adopted the personality of their head coach there's no doubt it's exactly the way we drew it up by the way right in the Chiefs Texans game let's give the Texans like a four you know 24 point lead and let's have the Chiefs score 51 points after that it's exactly the way we all wrote it up right yeah I mean I think this is a perfect example for fans that watch the game to understand and we don't always hear this on television is there's two when you're watching a game you have to determine two things if you're an executive in the NFL when I would watch a game I'm always who's in the lead and who's in control and even though the Texans were up 24 to nothing I never felt like they were in control why because everything that benefited the Texans was a result of what the what what the Chiefs didn't do drop passes block punt it wasn't that they were stopping the Chiefs the Chiefs were stopping themselves so even though it was 24 to nothing and every idiot on Twitter was talking about how disappointing (laughs) the Titans game against the against the 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 Texans was going to be and how the NFL's ratings were going to go through I mean you know enough is it, right? All of those that were predicting that obviously didn't understand the difference between control and who's in the lead. And I, I felt like I didn't think it was going to happen as quickly as it did. I felt like eventually Kansas City was going to win that game. So let me ask you this now that we get ready for this AFC uh, championship game here. Do you feel more comfortable with Kansas City's passing game or Tennessee's running game to win that game? I feel more comfortable with who's going to control the pace of the game. Who is going to control the pace of the game? Here's the funny thing, Joe. The last time they played when the Titans won, the Titans only had the ball for 22 minutes, and Henry gained over 200 yards rushing. 
So they only had the ball for 22 minutes. He gained over 200 yards rushing. The Chiefs' defense at that time wasn't as good. If Chris Jones doesn't play in this game and you want to bet this game, you better make sure you bet Tennessee because it's going to affect them. But I think whoever can control the pace of this game is going to win the game. And obviously, the Titans do a really good job of pacing the game. This is a game I think Tannehill is going to have to play. I think this is a game that A.J. Brown and Corey Davis and Smith are going to have to make some plays. They're going to have to throw it a little bit to run it. And they got to control the game. If they snap this ball before the before the five second clock on the play clock it hits they're crazy they need to slow it as john wooden used to say we need to hurry up a play we need to hurry up a play slow that's what they got to do so what's your way too early super bowl prediction who's who's coming out from both sides back when kansas city was playing great defense i thought they would go to the super bowl i didn't think they would get this many breaks right in in this in the way things have happened new england lose miami beating new england you know baltimore losing you know so i'll go kansas city san francisco but i got a week to analyze it just don't hold me to it yeah (laughs) by the way uh, you know it's an interesting and and you and i have talked about this before about how how to build your team 49ers have gone out and spent a lot of high picks on that defensive line what do you think about that i mean it's work for them but they've got some good players other places but what do you think about their strategy as far as that goes look i think the greatest draft i if i could ever have full control of the draft and and i've never had and nobody i would draft seven defensive linemen i i would draft seven defense and the next year i draft seven more because the game ultimately and i think we, we saw this on on sunday at, at, in kansas city you know if you can't rush the passer and you can't affect the quarterback with your down linemen it's a seven-on-seven game, and you can't win. You cannot win. Football is old school. Joe, when you play it, it ain't changed, right? Whoever can dominate in the trenches and win yeah. the game is going to win. And if you have a dominant defensive front and a great offensive line, everything else really doesn't matter. I mean, the Chargers have great skill players. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, you know, they got the two running backs, Ekelar, and they've, and they've got, you know, everybody around their team. They can't block anybody. And right. here's the fact I think people have to understand, that the defense is never going to count the five Mississippi. So, you know, we're not playing in the backyard. They're going to rush, right? We're not counting the five Mississippi here. They're going to rush. And if you can't protect, it don't matter how good you are on the outside. Michael, thank you as always for your time. We appreciate it. Boy, Thanks, you, you brought it today again, man. You really did. Thank you, Michael. Thanks, Joe. That's the Joe Rose Show weekdays from 6 to 10 right here on 560 The Joe. Joe Rose, legend in two games, football and morning radio. God. Guy is good. Speaking of being good, Dan Lebitard. Stu has the best weekend observations for you next on the Best of the Joe Show. Welcome back to the Best of the Joe Show. Running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day. Once again, excited, nervous, scared. National Championship tonight. LSU versus Clemson. Clemson doesn't seem like they've lost in 20 years. LSU has been blowing everybody out. I got my degree from LSU. Does it value my degree more if LSU wins the national championship? Of course it does. Enough about me. Let's talk about Dan Lebitard. Stu, he's got those weekend observations for you. It is time for Stu Gatz to share his game notes. No one in the media will tell you what happened better than my boy Stu. Dan, 31 of 59. One touchdown, two interceptions, 63.2 quarterback rating, 0-2 in the playoffs. Dan, Bill Polian is back. <laughs> Kevin Stefanski? It's just a question. Yeah. San Francisco 49ers. Methodical. Nothing more annoying than the KG vet at any job walking around telling all the new employees, hey, 
That's part of the job. He runs. He receives. And now he throws. You know what Derrick Henry does, Dan? He does it all. <laughs> sorry. You're off your game there. Yeah, I mean, it's fairly obvious. I yes. started with an easy one yes, for you. No, sorry. Bill Cower. Hall of Fame announcement. Goosebumps. The chin. Bill Cower. The rare guy that cries without producing any tears. President. Whatever. No, that's you know, true. You see, that's he was true. crying. He was trying really hard to sawdust. cry. It was painful. Just sawdust coming out of his eye. <laughs> President of the NFL Hall of Fame, David Baker. Hoss. Hoss <laughs> is so much nicer than ogre. You called him an ogre a segment ago. A friendly ago. ogre. Yeah, yeah, you a tradition unlike any other. A hissing Richard Sherman. Mike Vrabel said if the Titans win the Super Bowl, he'll cut off his penis. I believe him. You? Yes. Uh, put it on the poll, Guillermo. Do you believe Vrabel will cut off his penis if they win the Super Bowl? Also, not a heady play. Riot time. <laughs> it's not. You're right. It's, not it's right. It's not. Not about Ryan Tannehill is one win away from making it to as many Super Bowls as Dan Marino. The Chiefs, the only team in the league where a 24-point lead feels like you're losing. Hey, McVeigh, there's a new whiz kid in town, and his name is Kyle Shanahan. Ed Orgeron said he doesn't know why or doesn't know who Rocky or Drago is. I'm rooting for Clemson. Do you know how much and how mad I have to be at you to root for Dabo Swinney? <laughs> he doesn't know Rocky or Drago. That's stunning. How does he not know who Rocky and Drago are? I don't know. Oh, because he's a Cajun swamp monster. <laughs> Rooting for Clemson. This Meghan Markle has really sunk her teeth into Prince Harry. Lamar Jackson, you have to crawl before you walk. Meghan Markle talking, uh, taking Prince Harry to the cleaners. Collision are, are, course. Are you just, are you just, is your wife saying this and you're putting it in the weekend observations? Meghan Markle <laughs> taking Prince Harry to the cleaners. Collision course. I mean, I haven't read up on this situation. Perhaps I, your theory I don't feel, is right. I don't feel like you know anything about this situation. Listen, you're just repeating what Abby's saying around the house. She told me that this Meghan Markle was going to take <laughs> Prince Harry to the cleaners. I put it in there. Honey. Lamar Jackson, you first have to walk. Before you run faster than any human being I've ever seen on a football field. <laughs> you know, you have to walk first. Imagine if Ryan Tar uh, Tannehill, Laramie Tunsil, Kenyon Drake, Damian Williams, Jarvis Landry, Minka Fitzpatrick, and Kenny Stills all played on the same team. That'd be good. <laughs> well, they'd be the Dolphins who haven't been very good. <laughs> Sprinkle in a little Devontae Parker. <laughs> So depressing. It really is. Sorry, Dolphin fan. Dan, it felt like we were very close to your worst nightmare. <laughs> An all-AFC South championship game. Yeah, Con, I hate your father's division. <laughs> were they going to play that game on Thursday night? <laughs> they should have. If that was the AFC championship game, it belonged on Thursday night football. From the second quarter on, the Chiefs dominated on offense, defense, and special teams. You know what that means, Dan? They did it all. They dominated all three phases. Come on, Dan. You're Come on. so close. You got to be phases. I know, I know. I needed a phases. I'm sorry, Stu Godson. I failed you. I just uh, missed the last one and it seemed uh, like it was the same. Rattled. Thing. I get it. Yeah. The final few steps on an airport automatic walkway can be daunting. 
<laughs> Put it on the poll, Guillermo. They get me, right? At Levitard Show. Right? Can the final few steps... <laughs> Can't be looking at your phone. <laughs> Head on a swivel. Have you tripped before? I have. Not certain if nepotism has a look. If it does, pretty certain it looks like Sean Hockley. And he should probably hit the gym, if we're being honest. Feels like the Chiefs can erase a 24-point lead with a single play. Andy Reid and Bill O'Brien, the bad news bears of coaching. If either win the Super Bowl, they should do the parade in a clown car. Patrick Real? Mahomes. I, I thought it could go like a Cinnabon or something. Uh, well, that would have been a good one. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, do it against the Patriots. Richard Sherman, making a great team win. All about himself. Richard Sherman, the Stugat, is strong in you. Tennessee Titans, team of destiny. Apparently, standing next to Bill Belichick doesn't teach you what to do with a 24-0 first quarter lead. It feels like the Chiefs score 14 points at a time. It also feels like the Chiefs are playing with a thousand wide receivers. It does, doesn't it? It really, it does. really does. They're everywhere. It does. <laughs> yes, I expected a Chief to score during Packers Seattle yesterday. <laughs> just comes out of nowhere. Just somebody run across the field. That Hardman just runs across and is faster than everyone. Hey, Captain America, where'd you disappear to when your team needed you to make a play? <laughs> the only time I don't see you on a camera is when your team needs you to make a big play. It's JJ Watt. It's Captain America. <laughs> I'm convinced Bill O'Brien is one of the three stooges. Alex Smith. He could have done that. That's as wrong as you've ever been. You've got a oh, substantive library of wrong. You saying they shouldn't bench Alex Smith for Patrick Mahomes is the wrongest you've ever been. Look at that. You stunned the analytics guy. If you entered yesterday's Chiefs Texans game not believing in momentum, most certainly your opinion has changed. I may or may not be talking to you, Dan. Oh, Uncle Mo. Andy Reid, do it in the AFC Championship game. And after that, do it in the Super Bowl. The post-football portion of Julian Edelman's life might be tough to watch. A tradition unlike any other. Bill Barnwell on the Monday edition of The Daily. Tariq Hill, muff punt. You know what happened there, Dan? That decision backfired. Troy Aikman looked cold. Clemson, LSU, the rare game where both the winner and loser go home. Dan, you know the B in Bill O'Brien stands for? Do you know what it stands for, Dan? Bum. Buffoon. Dan, you know what the B in O'Brien stands for? Buffoon. Dan, you know what the O in O'Brien stands for? Oh, bleep. My coach is a buffoon. Close your eyes. Imagine. A Chiefs-Packers Super Bowl. Now open them. Feels good. Close them again. Now imagine a Titans-Niners Super Bowl. I'm sorry. The frozen tundra had nothing on Troy Aikman's face. Packers, a game away from the Super Bowl. Must have been a frisky early evening yesterday in the Levitard household. Utah Jazz, quietest 27-12 start in NBA history. Patrick Mahomes is the Steph Curry of the NFL. Rodgers versus Garoppolo. Age versus beauty. Mahomes versus Tannehill. Heaven versus how the hell. Speaking of hell, our priles. Dan, those 
of the weekend observations. Dan Lebetard weekdays from 10 to 1 right here on 560. The Joe been doing it and doing it well for a long time. Speaking of doing it well, Stephen A. Smith. He's talking to my man, Ryan Clark, LSU Tiger, next on the Best of the Joe Show. This is the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Miyamo Dan Day. Follow me on Twitter at Dan Day Radio. Stephen A. Smith. He's not going to be on the radio that much longer, but he's making most of the time he has. He's in New Orleans, my hometown, living it up and talking to a guy I went to school with, Ryan Clark. He played for LSU, so you know they're talking about tonight's Tiger fight. They also touch on the NFL playoffs, Mahomes, the man, and then Stephen A. Hayton. The very last week of Stephen A. Smith hosting uh, the Stephen A. Smith Show right here on ESPN Radio and ESPN News, I'd be remiss if I didn't have on my protege, my brother, an outstanding, outstanding NFL analyst for the family ESPN. As a matter of fact, I think the only thing wrong with him in life is two things. Number one, that he was once a Washington Redskin for some inexplicable reason. And number two, he's going to sit up there acting like he's security for the LSU Tigers. You know what I'm saying? Because he starred at LSU and now anybody who goes against LSU, something be wrong with them. I'm talking about my brother, the one and only Ryan Clark is on the line. With What's up, big boy? How you doing, man? Hey, I just had to make sure you knew security was watching you. That's all. Leonard Fournette. I just want to know. I just want to know. If, 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 you know, are you ready to admit? Come on, tell the truth, Ryan Clark. LSU grad, LSU Tiger. All this. You yeah. a little bit scared tonight. You a little bit scared tonight, ain't you? You scared about LSU I have against no Clemson? Fear. Zero. Stephen a, I got no fear. Come on. I don't. I just don't. Listen, you knew coming into this thing that you were going to have to face Ohio State or Clemson. The thing we got to do, we just had to beat one of them. We mm-hmm. are prepared for this. The one thing we've been, we've been in games like this. We've been in fights. You had to go to Texas and win early when they were playing well. You mm-hmm. went to Tuscaloosa and you beat Alabama and Nick Saban. When you could do those things, you are prepared for the fight. And also, we got an underdog, right? Our coach was an underdog. Nobody wanted him, Stephen A. Everybody wanted Tom Herman. Everybody wanted Jimbo Fisher. They said we settled on Coach Ogeron. So he's fighting for himself. He's fighting for this state. He's fighting for that team. Joe Burrow, this is the guy that had to transfer. Couldn't start over JT Barrett. Couldn't start over Dwayne Haskins. Had to leave his home state and come and find a new home. And so every day, these type of men are proving something. And okay. this will be the last time they had to prove it this year. Ryan, Ryan Clark, may I interrupt this emotional pom-pom diatribe that you <laughs> going on right now and, and, and ask you a real football question because it does air on ESPN tonight. There's a national championship game, two 14 and 0 teams. The LSU Tigers clearly the number one team in the nation. The way that they have looked this season going up against the reigning defending national champion Clemson Tigers. Let me ask you this question from strictly a football perspective. You've seen mm-hmm. LSU's defense. You've seen yeah. Alabama drop the 41 of them. You've seen them give up 38 on a couple of occasions to other teams. Yeah. Why do you believe, other than the emotional pom-poms, just football, why will LSU beat Clemson tonight in your estimation? I believe this team is improved. I believe in Queen and Phillips. We have linebackers that could go side to side. No, they're mm-hmm. going to have to make sure they can get ATN on the ground and tackle him. You look at Higgins and Ross, and I'm going to simplify this. They do tall wide receiver things. These aren't great route runners. These aren't guys who get in and out of cups 
cuts at roughly what they do is get down the field mm-hmm. and catch 50-50 balls. And Derek Stingley Jr., we got the best 50-50 ball catcher in college football at the left, at the right corner. And Christian Fulton is going to be a guy who gets drafted in the first three rounds of the NFL draft come April. And so when you have those type of guys on the outside, what Clemson does well from a passing standpoint doesn't scare me. Now, I do believe they'll score points, and they can get in the 30s. I also believe Clemson has not seen an offense as versatile, uh, as, as aggressive as they'll see tonight. And finding somewhere for Isaiah Simmons to play, if you put him over Justin Jefferson in the slot, he is going to get killed. And I also believe Joe Burrow being 17 touchdowns and one interception when being blitz will have Brett Venables, the defense coordinator of Clemson, guessing on when he can and cannot bring pressure. I just think this is a different animal for what Clemson has seen. And for us, I believe we've been in games with teams just as good. Ryan Clark, NFL analyst extraordinaire for ESPN, former LSU Tiger here in the house for the national championship game tonight. He's live with George Truly right here on the Stephen A. Smith Show, ESPN Radio, ESPN News. Ryan, I don't know if anybody's asked you this question. I don't want to go the route transitioning to the NFL, mind you, just mm-hmm. talking about the greatness of Patrick Mahomes per se, because we know it was phenomenal what we saw yeah. from him yesterday. We get all of that. What I'm interested in knowing, Ryan, is this. This is a dude that was the 10th overall pick. It was either 8 mm-hmm. or 10. I think it was 10 where Kansas City grabbed him, okay? Clearly, you know, Andy Reid saw something in him that other people may not have seen or what have you. I, I didn't see this in college he wasn't coming out of college nobody was told how are you this great on the nfl level after we hadn't seen that on a collegiate level as a as a super bowl champion and a former (laughs) nfl player could you explain to me how that happens how somebody could be so great on an nfl level that on a collegiate level yeah, you know, I think Andy Reid's a large part of that. We've seen him be successful with the Cobbs and with the Vicks, and obviously McNabb, who was a great talent. And now you go to Kansas City, we watched him with Alex Smith have his best years, and now Patrick Mahomes, so that helps. I talked to John Fox in the green room about this exact same thing because if you remember, he was in Chicago yeah. when they drafted Mitchell Trubisky. And I was like, Coach Fox, like, how could you pass on Patrick Mahomes? You know, he gets drafted at number 10. What did you – he said, Ryan, when we watched him work out, we saw all of these things. You saw the arm strength. You saw this talent. He said what he was nervous about was even though he had all those things, you didn't necessarily see these – see the success at Texas Tech, which is what you are talking about as well. Right. And so I think Andy Reid saw all those same things Coach Fox saw, but he felt like he was smart enough and good enough to coach him up and get him in the right positions. And then you couple the talent and Andy Reid with what they have from a skill talent perspective, and it's just the perfect storm to see a guy do exactly what Patrick Mahomes is doing, which is something I don't believe we have seen in this league before. Ryan Clark, when I look at Patrick Mahomes and then I take into account the requisite weapons he has available to him, a Tyreek Hill, a Sammy Watkins, a Travis Kelsey, top two tight end in all of football, obviously Damian Williams, this kid McCole Hardman is no joke either, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Based on the dominance I see San Francisco being capable of on the defensive side of the ball, I think the only hope to avoid a blowout in the Super Bowl is for Patrick Mahomes to be opposite San Francisco because as much as I'm impressed by the Tennessee Titans, I don't want to see them against San Francisco because I don't think a running back, even as great as Derrick Henry is and has been, is going to be enough to stop and offset what San Francisco has to throw at you right now. Your thoughts about that? You know, I don't want to discredit the Titans because I think what the Titans could do is ugly the game up enough to where Mm -hmm. it stays close. But when you look at 
Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, isn't that the matchup we want to see, though? You want to see this great defense and this great front and see can it be toppled or can it be bested by Patrick Mahomes, this talent, and Andy Reid. You also want to know can the Kansas City defense step up enough Mm-hmm. to stop the run when playing against San Francisco. So I believe that that game is the perfect storm from a matchup perspective. And you've been covering sports so long, Stephen A. You know, sometimes it's about the matchup. It's the matchup that makes things exciting. And when you look at the San Francisco 49ers, I don't believe this team is beat by anyone but the Kansas City Chiefs in the 2020 playoffs. Ryan Clark, appreciate you, man. Thanks a lot. By the way, do you give Green Bay any chance against San Francisco? I do. But the bad man, Aaron Rodgers, that you kind of talked about this morning on first take, has to go back to being the even badder man of years past or that team does not have a chance. Do you give Tennessee a chance against Kansas City? I do. We've seen Tennessee beat them already. And early on in the year, they beat them by running and keeping Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. I believe that run game is better right now in the offensive line. They got to keep it close enough to give Ryan Tannehill an opportunity late to make the plays we saw him make early on this season when they were able to win. I want to let you go, Ryan, right now. And I want to let you go because I, I'm going to be dealing with you tomorrow because you're going to be a very depressed individual. And I want to be there for you because I'm your boy. You know, I just want to be there for you, but there's no way in hell I was picking LSU with you and Swag They're torturing me this season the way that y'all have. You go down tonight. You go down hey, tonight, Ryan with, Clark. With friends like you, who needs interviews? But don't worry about it, man. When I call you when I call you tonight a little bit after midnight, you just make sure you pick this phone up. I'll go pick it up, man. Thanks a lot, bro. Appreciate you, man. All right, All right. I don't understand why Stephen A is hating so much. Ryan Clark, he's preaching. He's preaching. Of course, that's going to do it for the Best of the Joe show today. I'll be back tomorrow night at 6 o'clock to rock with you. Of course, you can download the podcast at any hour of the day by going to WQAM.com. Go wherever you get your podcast for free or the Radio.com app. Oh, go Tigers. G-A-U-X Tigers. Hopefully tomorrow I will be hungover and happy. Till then, this is the Best of the Joe show. Later, slug. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law it is essential that we conclusively sports that clock at four Donchich. the step back three you bet. music you set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts whatever you love hear it right here on tune in go to tune in.com or download the tune in app to start listening